Hello, welcome, Silke. Good afternoon. I'm really happy to have you today on Learning with Leaders. Thank you, Paco. It's a pleasure and uh, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I just learned that you are currently in Singapore. You are with your team and uh, apparently this is really feeling good. Is that correct? Yes. It's really very nice. Yeah, I am. I have to say I'm uh, with the part of my team. Yeah, because my team is spread across a, a large region. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I'm happy to be here in Singapore again. <laughs> Okay, let me uh, remind uh, the, the audience, uh, I hope that I um, have uh, written down your title correctly. So you are in ThyssenKrupp and you're re regional head of business development and regional representative. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, to be very precise, I'm head of um, business development for the region Asia-Pacific Africa. And at the same time, so this is a dual role, I'm also the regional representative for ThyssenKrupp in Southeast Asia. So that means that um, we are a corporate office in the region, um, which spans um, a region of um, more than 100 countries. Yeah, it, it goes from Africa um, to Middle East and, and Turkey, then uh, to India and Southeast Asia, Northeast Asia, Australia and New Zealand. And my task is to lead the business development team across the region uh, for the whole for the whole region, Asia Pacific Africa, but at the same time also being the regional representative only for Southeast Asia. That sounds pretty impressive, Silke. Um, <laughs> we will talk about this and possible implications uh, later, but um, I would be very interested to learn from you um, some of your key career milestones which led you to be in this position now because I don't get I don't think this happens overnight. It does not, no. <laughs> and um, no, I mean, what was I think the red thread or for me very important throughout my career yeah, was uh, were two things. Uh, so one thing is that I wanted to work in an international environment or abroad. So that means outside of Germany, right? The second thing, um, I wanted to get as much as possible insights into different areas. Yeah? So not only sticking to one topic yeah? or being an expert in, let's say, accounting or, or HR or whatever. So, so that I would be able to connect really the dots. So, so that was what kind of like, like led me throughout my career. Yeah? And uh, so uh, after, after spending uh, a few years at university working for um, East Asia ec economy uh, or in the field of East Asia economy, then I moved um, for a short period of time to intercultural um, consulting before I joined ThyssenKrupp. And um, I'm now in the 24th year actually with ThyssenKrupp. And I was always asking myself, so why why do you spend such a long time with one company? But it is because the company offered me uh, so many opportunities yeah, uh, to mm. develop uh, myself. And, and that was always um, related to international environment. And so I, I started with ThyssenKrupp um, in, in a corporate office uh, in corporate function that was called Foreign Organization. And at that time, I already was in touch with a global network of group representations yeah, of ThyssenKrupp mm. before I moved then to one of the business segments. Um, and I, I led the sales strategy and marketing department.
segment was also in charge of uh, the foreign sales offices of that segment. And um, then I moved to the region yeah, as, as ThyssenKrupp's group representative for the Philippines and Vietnam, which was also a very good experience. Yeah, My, my first actually real experience um, working abroad and living abroad. And um, then I moved back to uh, corporate yeah, for the function communication, where I learned a lot yeah, about communications. And then moving back in uh, 2020 to Dubai, where I am now based um, for yeah, first Middle Eastern Africa. And then we merged uh, three regions and, and have now the regional, so-called regional platform Asia Pacific Africa, where I'm uh, heading the business development and regional rep representation yeah so um quite quite uh, a few steps uh, you you just described um talking about you know uh, culture and uh, communication um so i always based when i was traveling um you know my communication my my approach towards the let's say local uh, colleagues um, I tried to base it on respect, on a respectful communication without, in some cases, I have to admit, not knowing so much about the local culture and habits. Mm. What is your approach? Uh, is it enough to just respect the other people or do, do you need to know inevitably more about the culture and the habits? Mm. Yeah, so I think what you just mentioned, yeah, having respect yeah, for a certain culture, yeah, and not really judging, you know, and, and just taking it up, yeah, this is the basis, I, I guess, yeah, so for whenever you are abroad, yeah, so when you're, let's say, only traveling or um, when you're working somewhere, yeah, so this is very important, and also empathy, yeah, I think empathy is always important, yeah, but especially when you are working and 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 speaking to um, different um, uh, or people from different cultures, yeah, so, so this is really the basis. Uh, however, when you're working, of course, in, in um, a different um, a cultural environment and and especially so like I am working in in a, in, a, in an environment with many different cultures yeah mm -hmm. so it's not only one and and um, then you have to find a way how to um, you know to an understanding yeah with the whole team of what are the rules yeah and how you work together so I think it is very important to build that understanding yeah together mm -hmm. yeah so you described that um, from the beginning you had a vision for your career. Um, you also described that you were, let's say, also very open to different challenges uh, to be able to um, to link the dots. Um, but you know, I also learned not only during my own career, but also in the other in some of the other episodes of learning with leaders that for people, for leaders, it is very important also to have a mentor or a coach. Was that also in your case uh, relevant? Yes, yeah, it, it was relevant. Um, but I have to say, so when I started my career, which is, of course, a long time ago, um, and especially in, in our in a company like ours, yeah, like engineering, technology driven, there um, at that time at least there were almost no um, 
uh, female leaders yeah, or, or women at the top of the company. So it was um, not so easy to, to find, let's say, a role model, yeah, a woman. And I, I strongly, strongly believe that, um, that women and especially also young women, they need female leaders as, as mentors. Yeah? Um, so who can who can guide them throughout their career or the challenges in the career, yeah, and and also build their confidence. Yeah? Um, so I was lucky, very lucky, when I started working with Tussen Krupp that I had a female boss, yeah, and and um, she was really my my role model and and helped me a lot, you know, to to develop my career, yeah, at, at least the first steps. So, so that was really important, um, and I can only encourage um, all all women and young women, especially, to actively look for a mentor, yeah, because it helps really a lot. But for a woman, it is, I, I guess, indeed, a little bit more difficult, yeah, because um, mm -hmm. if you want to find a, um, a a woman as a mentor, mm -hmm. if you had to identify one single thing which you learned most from this mentor, whether it was mm. intentional mentorship or not, that's a different uh, thing. But is there one thing you uh, think was the most important thing you learned? I think it's, um, it is um, how you um, like bring the team together and, and, and um, build up the, the a cooperative mindset. Yeah. I, I think that was that was really the the most important thing that I learned, and I could also um, uh, like um, um, yeah make it or, or re relate it to me, let's say yeah, mm -hmm. because I think maybe for for men it's it's different yeah, but for me that is also quite important, and I could could really see yeah how successful that was yeah, and mm -hmm. and this is something I think that stood out yeah. And and also like standing up, yeah, um, for your um, employees. I see. So, um, do you think that in your current role, um, you are particularly suited for that role because you are a female leader? And if yes, why? That that's an interesting question. I never thought about it. <laughs> so what can I bring to the table as a female leader? Yeah, but I think it's exactly what I just said. Yeah, and what I learned before. Um, and and when I look at my role, yeah, being in in a different cultural environment, working with a multicultural team, um, um, I think um, with different you know backgrounds. Um, I, I think that I need to create um, a cooperative team environment and a kind of like like family-like feel to the team. And uh, women usually, yeah, show more, let's say, empathy, more passion. Yeah, at the same time, they also take command um, of situations. Yeah, if it is really necessary. So, and I think this is this is one um, maybe thing. Yeah, that that. Um, suits me yeah for the role as a female leader um the other the other aspect is that we are working in a very highly dynamic environment yeah mm. and 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 we have the need of constant transformation yeah and we have to cope with change all the time 
So, and that is why we need to also encourage an open uh, and innovative mindset, also flexibility, yeah, and and again a cooperative uh, working um, style, let's say, yeah. And mm -hmm. and direct leadership is then not so suitable, yeah. But mm -hmm. leaders must more motivate, yeah, and and guide the team and also support the team. And that is, I think, also something where maybe. Um, yeah, it, it, that is this more the strength of a woman. Yeah. Yes. So we were talking already uh, several times that your team is really distributed across, yeah, big big regions, a lot of countries, a lot of diversity. So how did you and your team navigate through the pandemic when only you know virtual meetings were possible? Yeah, actually, the team was formed during the pandemic, so one and a half years ago. And um, that was, of course, also a challenge. Yeah, nobody knew each other. Yeah, and they have, have never worked um, with each other before. And even at the different locations, the, the teams could uh, not come together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think so two things um, that helped us to work um, successfully were um, so for one, um, setting clear um, targets. Yeah. So we set clear targets for the overall organization, and then we we broke them down, or we we are still breaking the targets down to the functions, and and then we are breaking them down to the to the individuals. Yeah, in the teams, and I think that that helps a lot to bring uh, to bring clarity. Yeah. So so that is that is one point. So everyone knows what to contribute. Yeah, to the overall targets. So, so that is very important. Um, the, the second thing was that we built um, in our function, in the B, uh, business development function, a project organization. And um, because we wanted to, to use our resources that we have, um, that are spread across the region, um, um, most effectively yeah, um, to, to um, finish our, our project successfully so that everyone could, could bring in um, the skills, yeah, uh, the personal skills and also the capabilities. Yeah. So I think these were the two things. Then um, yeah, we introduced also idea management yeah, so that, that um, uh, the, the teams could have a good exchange on our ideas and work together on the ideas across the region so that they had to somehow, you know, get together. And um, then we also organized some things like coffee chats, yeah, regular coffee chats or or a step challenge, yeah, um, through an app. So um, also such such things, yeah. Interesting. So um, I mean, at least this is the case for me and my experience. Um, High-performing teams um, are really based also on trust, right? So, um, and what I'm seeing and hearing is that everybody now is enjoying being back into face-to-face -face meetings if possible, right? So, how was the experience now? I even don't dare to say after the pandemic because <laughs> we are still in, in, in the very yes. middle. Um, but how was the experience from you and your team to meet physically again? How did this contribute to the team dynamic and this trust factor? Yeah, yeah, we could meet for the first time as the business development team in in Dubai in March, yeah, um, 2022, 
And um, this was really um, like a different level than afterwards, yeah, of cooperation, I have to say. I mean, before um, we worked together very well and also um, had successful um, outcomes, but um, getting together and everyone was so excited to see each other, yeah, and to, to spend time uh, with another. And um, I think that was, um, that was so important uh, to build even more the trust, yeah, because when you when you um, have meetings, e-meetings, and then you you usually talk about your projects, yeah, and and how to bring it forward, or or you solve some problems, yeah, uh, so work related problems, but you never have the time to really get to know the people, mm-hmm. and and that is that makes really the difference, and. Um, it it can really foster the relationships, yeah. And and afterwards, you really see that um, it was so much easier also to just um, I I would have wanted to say pick up the phone or or just you know um, um, uh, contact uh, uh, through Teams or other channels, yeah. The the team members and to ask questions, yeah. Um, and 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 um, yeah, work together. So I think that is. And nobody would would say this is not the case. Yeah, nobody wouldn't like to meet other people, right? So, and we saw that also in uh, within our projects, so that we have with our businesses. Um, and um, so, for example, when you have workshops, yeah, and sometimes you need to have workshops to uh, within your projects, then this is very difficult to handle through um, uh, um, e channels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because you see that after one or one and a half, two hours max, yeah, uh, the concentration really decreases and then you don't have the, the, the good outcome anymore. Yeah. So that was at least our experience. I mean, there are many tools and so on, I understand. But when you uh, come together, then the outcome is much, much better. Mm-hmm. It's much more yes. efficient. Mm-hmm. I can I fully agree. And um, we just had the opportunity as a global Hemsley Fraser team to meet after two years and a half in in UK, and it was such a positive energy. Uh, you can yeah. you can really feel it how people enjoyed it and how this will also improve the interaction amongst each other. Yes. Fully agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so um, now uh, at the almost uh, the end of our conversation, I would like to talk about diversity, equality, inclusion, and belonging. It has been, let's say, an underlying topic in our conversation. But Mm. uh, I noticed in the business world that this topic has immensely increased in importance. Uh, We have in our own company a team which is uh, taking this up really seriously. So um, how do you and your team approach this topic? Is this even a topic in your team? Yes, it is. I mean, we are per se a diverse team. Yeah. So yeah. we are. Yeah. So um, gen- gender-wise, but but also age-wise. So um, from professional background, but also different cultures. Yeah. So overall, in our organization, we are ten different nationalities. Yeah. That mm-hmm. have to work together. So, and I would say. Um, and this is also the, the the most important topic. Yeah. That we have when it comes to diversity. Yeah. So so. Um, uh, cultural misunderstandings. Yeah? So although we are all, and, and you you would not be a, a member of our team if you would not be able, you know, to, to work with other uh, cultures. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, um, there are so many um, cultural misunderstandings and in, in our daily communication, right? 
So, and we um, we know about it, yeah, but still sometimes um, you have, you don't have a good feeling about it, yeah, so you realize, okay, something is wrong in our communication here, yeah, so, and, and we have an understanding that we immediately, let's say, raise the flag, yeah, and say, okay, I think something's going wrong here, yeah. And please don't be offended. Also, I I feel, yeah, that you that you are not happy. Um, so let's talk about it. Maybe there is a misunderstanding. Sometimes we even have funny situations, yeah. But and and when we talk about it, and it's also very interesting, yeah. When we talk about it, so this is how we see it um, in Singapore, and this is how we see it, um, yeah, or how I see it as a German, yeah. So sometimes um, this is this is also quite interesting. Um, but but we have this agreement, and then we are working on on a speak up culture in our team. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, that we encourage everyone really to say yeah when something is not okay, and um, yeah we will have um, a, a, a wider um, uh, team meeting so with all our functions um, end of the year, and then we will definitely include an intercultural uh, training. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, but but there are always such, um, let's say, misunderstandings. And, and this is for us, I think, the, the biggest um, issue, yeah, if we can call it an issue um, in when it comes to diverse teams, yeah, but also hierarchies, for example. So different understanding yeah, of hierarchies, um, especially um, in Asia. Yeah. So um, how we work together, especially in the project organization, that pr- possibly a younger person can be the project lead and someone who is already senior yeah, is working with a, <laughs> under the lead of a younger person. Mm-hmm. So this is, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I can imagine. And if I look at myself, uh, I mean, I've been traveling also a lot um, and uh, I consider myself uh, being uh, having an, an open and, and diverse mindset, and still, I you know see sometimes in my own behavior and thinking here I have been biased or I am biased. I'm not you know approaching a situation from a diverse perspective. Do you still you know um, also surprise yourself in these type of situations? And can you give us an example even? Um, well, I mean, sometimes I'm I'm also um, thinking. So, what is now the right way? Yeah. So, of of course, yes, I'm biased. Yeah, sometimes, but um, and then I think, okay, we ha- we are a German organization. Yeah, we have to work in a in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, I I understand that you do it differently. Uh, you know, in other cultures yeah or in other environments um but we ha- we have to find a way and 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 then sometimes i say okay then i decide on my way right so because i think in our organization it's the right way yeah? mm. so um yeah but uh, but best of course you would have an understanding yeah of how to go forward but sometimes you you really have to decide yeah yeah i i agree mm. So, Silke, uh, what is something you are really looking forward to in the next months? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm. First of all, I'm for. I'm looking forward to our next um, uh, team meeting. Yeah, that we have physically in in Singapore. Um, everyone is already excited. Yeah, and um, yeah, we are working on on a few really um, uh, very interesting projects um, to to help our businesses to um, uh, uh, develop new business models. 
So this this is quite exciting to see the outcome. Yeah, but um, most of all, I think it's getting together with the team. Yeah, we have interesting times ahead uh, with all what is going on in our world. So I wish you and uh, your team and uh, of course your family, um, yeah, lots of passion and uh, also healthy times ahead. Thank you for today's uh, talk, Silke. Thank you very much, Paco.